Welcome to today's episode of the podcast, part two. In today's episode, we'll be discussing some of the bureaucratic challenges that non-EU international students face in Sweden, and how myself and my co-workers Divya and Emmanuel faced these hurdles. Yeah, I guess in the previous episode, we discussed getting a visa, finding housing in Malmo, and also healthcare, and of course the weather in Malmo. So I guess today we'll be talking about practical things that you would encounter upon your arrival and in the weeks after your arrival in Malmo. Yeah, such as the personal number and how you will want to apply for that, along with getting a bank account uh, and a little bit more about healthcare and insurance and dental. Great. Mm, sounds interesting. So personal number, what is there to say about that? I think that's your golden ticket to life in Sweden, no? You don't have an identity without a personal number, especially in all your day-to-day activities. We have to say that it's something that you might not get since uh, part of the requirements of getting a personal number is that you are in a two-year-plus program, right? If you are in a one-year program, which is like technically 10 months of study, you won't be able to apply. Ineligible. Yeah, it has to be a two-year degree. Or three. Or four. Anything more than two. Two plus years. And you can be eligible for a personal number. Or one plus. Oh, yeah. One semester and a half. Yeah. Anything more than twelve months, I think. More than twelve months, yeah. Yeah. Which is generally gonna be a two year course. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) So just to be clear (laughs) two semesters is not enough, but anything more than two semesters. But you're not gonna get a three semester course, are you? That is correct. Okay. What is the personal number? Well, the personal number or the personal number as it's known in Swedish is a way to identify everyone. Social security number. A social security number, yes. Yeah. A national identity number. Because normally more than asking your date of birth or your phone number, they ask you for your personal number to identify you. So it's an identity number which you often need to apply for a lot of different day-to-day things in life here. So gym membership, phone plans, making a doctor's appointment, getting a like discount or membership card for the supermarket, all that sort of stuff. You're generally going to be prompted to enter a valid personal number. Yeah, so like the way you do that is you have to apply to the tax office. Skatteverket. Yeah, so basically like all of your income is highly regulated here in Sweden. This personal number is sort of the way they track what you're earning, all your taxes, and everything like that. And so a lot of institutions end up requiring this as of your form of identification. Yes. Well, that is not to say that life is impossible here. There can be hurdles, but you can sort of live without a personal number. And for the one-year programs, you will have, if needed, a coordination number that sort of can work as a personal number, but some places you can identify yourself with that and some others not really. Correct, yeah. So my understanding is that it's not quite the personal number and it's not something that would be linked to your income or taxes, but it will provide you with a lot of the functions of a personal number in terms of 
applying and signing up for things. A, a, personal, a personal number is just for people who are studying or working here for over a year. And then a coordination number is something that could be appropriate for uh, anyone in Sweden for a lesser period of time. Yeah. Yeah, but it's also important to get the ID card as that is again another form of identification. Yes. In Sweden. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So things like like buying alcohol as well and collecting mail. Yes. A lot of the time you can also use your passport for for those sort of things. Oh, and the, the ID card, of course, includes your personal number on it, but you need to have the personal number first to get the ID card. Yeah, and then you once you have your personal number, you're able to apply for a Swedish bank account. How are you guys managing your banking here? Uh, like, you mean before we got the Swedish bank account? and Yeah, then... and since you got the Swedish bank account as well. When I came here, I had a Forex card where I was able to buy stuff using that card and the money that was required depending on the currency was automatically switched to and I did that up till I got my Swedish bank account and then of course once you have your Swedish bank account things are a lot more easier but like paying rent buying stuff at the supermarket and whatnot transferring money so yeah I was using sort of my card from home and that was sort of enough but definitely after I got my Swedish bank account like a lot of things got easier in the sense that uh, you you have services like Swish which is really easy to transfer money within people and also like to establishments through your app yeah it helps a lot Swish Swish and Swish is so common it's so it's a universal that it's just within Sweden. <laughs> it's so Swedish then. Swish it's is so just Swedish. Swedish. Yeah. Swish is Swedish. For example, if you go to um, like the farmer's markets, you can either pay with cash or with Swish, and cash is so uncommon. When, when, I, when I set up my bank account here, life became a lot easier. Previously, I was paying my rent with my Australian bank account using third parties in Sweden, and, and the same with getting paid for work. Uh, I was receiving checks, and then a large chunk of cashing those checks in was going as a commission to the kiosk that was processing the checks for me. So, yeah, opening a bank account with a Swedish bank. Swedish banks do not care about you. <laughs> Swedish banks do not need your money or your patronage. <laughs> A waste of time to them and they <laughs> do not want your business yeah it feels like that many times it took me a long time I think for you guys it was simpler only because I followed your recommendation of opening an account with Nordea yes but yeah at the start when I first came here I was recommended to use Revolut which is like an online bank and I think they're based elsewhere in Europe and they were offering me some sort of deal where if I signed up and deposited X amount of money in there, then they'd give me 200 kron off for free or something. So I was like, yeah, okay. But that never happened. And I couldn't be bothered like following them up on that. And, and also I couldn't use Swish and that was kind of one of the main reasons I wanted the bank account at first. And so I've still got my Revolut account and I've, I think I've got some money in it, but I rarely use it. So I, I was mostly paying for things with my Australian bank account until I opened up 
my account with Nordea, who is not a sponsor of this podcast, but they were a lot more helpful than other Swedish banks, uh, which I was hoping to open an account with earlier. I should mention that the Swedish banks are also very much into understanding where your money's coming from. When you are getting paid, they need to ask a lot of questions about yeah, what the money's being used for. Where they're, is it coming from? They're very nosy in that regard, yeah. but I think it's due to legislation. Um, a housemate of mine tried to open an account with SEB, and they told her that they simply didn't have any more bank accounts left. <laughs> yeah, I think at a, a time they just make random mistakes. How does that even work? You're a, it's a, a bank. bank. A bank that How do you not have, have bank accounts? It's not even like a bank account isn't even a tangible thing. How do you yes. run out of it? Like, sorry. We're full. The last one to that guy. How, how can you have a limited it. number of bank it. accounts? It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. With Emmanuel and Divya's recommendation, I went to Nordea and they were... Delightful. Much better. <laughs> they were able to open an account that afternoon for me. And for that, I am grateful uh, moving on. Moving on to the next topic. The so, healthcare system. The healthcare system. And dental. Those are not necessarily the same things, are they? Not at all. They are not. Anyone have experience with dentists here in Sweden? Thankfully, no. I've heard it's very expensive and I think the best way to go about taking care of your teeth is to do it when you're back home. Before you come, cash out that money before you reach Sweden. Yeah, we all hear that healthcare here in Sweden is... Dental care. Healthcare in Sweden is, is like affordable and accessible, but dental is not included in that definition. Yeah, I think the case is that once you have your personal number, your health insurance is taken care of, but you're not covered for dental. Yeah. No? Mm-hmm. So yeah, even once you have a personal number, you can make a appointment with the, for healthcare on the emergency number and the other helpline. Mm-hmm. And if you do not have a personal number, it's a lot more challenging and it may not happen at all. Yes, but they're not going to leave you to die or anything. You <laughs> you can still go to the doctors if you don't have the personal number, of course. Yes. But it's just... More challenging. Yes. We also need to get into Elva mm-hmm. 1177. It's a advice line so phone number and a website that you can ring or access for all information about healthcare services it's a good source of advice bonus now for the bonus element of this podcast language Swedish people speak English very well yes they do I was really surprised to find that out that you can like have a conversation pretty much with any almost anyone in English and they will understand you yes and that also makes things difficult since you don't really are pushed to learn Swedish because you can like get things done and move around with English keeping in mind there are still plenty of occasions where speaking Swedish is a huge advantage And although everyone, almost everyone speaks really good English, that doesn't mean that you're going to have access to information in English all the time. Uh, Understanding some Swedish is a big advantage 
information or even when you call a helpline it's normally the message is in swedish unless you choose to change it to english mm-hmm. yeah but in the first few weeks of you being here maybe having google translate on the go is good to have i still have it on my phone mm. yeah me too me too well that concludes today's episode of the good chat podcast uh we covered topics such as the personal number and how you would apply for that along with your ID card we talked about bank accounts and the Swedish healthcare system a little bit more please tune in next time where we will discuss some of our experiences living in university housing and we'll dive into topics such as Celsius Gordon conspiracy theories does floor 4 exist Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hey door. Hey door. Hey door.